Welcome to Harnessing Your Wealth with Billy Peterson. As the founder and CEO of Peterson Wealth Services and a former number one ranked jockey, Billy knows what it takes to succeed. In this podcast, Billy and his team will help equine enthusiasts, business owners, and retirees understand the keys to financial freedom. Saddle up and get ready for a ride you won't soon forget on how you can harness your wealth. Hello, everyone. This is Billy Peterson. I'm your host of Harnessing Your Wealth. We're back today with guest expert Ryan Sullivan, who is from the Hartford Group, Hartford Funds. And I'm going to give you a quick background on Ryan before I tell you why we have him on the show today. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Ryan is a vice president of and managing director of Applied Insights for Hartford. He leads the communication workshops around the country for Hartford. He speaks on a variety of financial and practice management topics. So that's a long-winded way of saying that he does some things that are not following the beaten path of the traditional financial discussions. He focuses on things that are outside the box, let's say. And he does a lot of research from the Age Lab with MIT out there in Massachusetts. To date, Ryan has provided insights to audiences in 46 states and Puerto Rico, as well as led over a thousand different webinars. So he has a lot of experience in this conversation or around this topic. And what we're talking about today is applied improvisation. And that's a strange term. And I honestly, I'd never heard it myself or never used it in a sentence. So I spent some time figuring out what that even meant and how it was going to apply to you all today. And I, I want to make this very clear. You're going to come away from this podcast different than you went in. And to go back and, t- and a little bit kind of clear the, the conception about what this is, I was always thinking improv, when you break that down, the word improvisation, you break it down in improv. And that brings up a t- kind of a connotation of a comedy routine or somebody on stage doing a comedy act because improvisation is really just coming up with something without preparation. It's it's being asked a question and being able to answer that without a whole lot of forethought. And many of us can go back in time a few years and think about the Drew Carey show or what his show was then called, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And I don't know if you ever watched that, but it was there was four or five different improv actors and they were asked a question at random and they were then made to come up with a little skit or come up with some sort of little comedy routine about this question or just this subject. It scared me to death thinking (laughs) that I would have to, or someone would have to do that. There was no way I would have ever been able to do that standing up in front of a stage and coming up with something on the fly like that. But that's kind of a background and what we're going to talk about today. And then we're going to tie it all into finance and we're going to tie it into health and and mindset and really just living a productive life. And I think you're going to enjoy Ryan's conversation here today. So Ryan, I hope that background was was sufficient to introduce you. And thank you for being here with us today. Thanks so much, Billy. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you to Sean to everyone at Peterson Wealth Services, and certainly to your listeners taking the time. I think folks will enjoy it. And as you said, they'll wrap up the podcast different than how they started with some new uh, tools and techniques they can use. 
that's what we're looking forward to. And we're, Sean and I are even going to write these down because we want to do it as, as well. So let's jump right in. Tell us what this is all about. What is applied improvisation and, and why should we even care about it? Absolutely. Yeah. So to your point, I think most folks, when they hear the word improv, they think about comedy. People think about the Bill Murrays of the world, Steve Carell, folks who came up through what's called Second City in Chicago. And certainly that's where many of these exercises started. You might be interested to find out that the original underpinning of all this was exercises meant to help children for whom English wasn't their first language and how they could communicate and collaborate together. But fast forward, certainly folks are aware of the comedy aspects of this. But over time, organizations started getting a sense of how some of these main underlying concepts from improv could be used in business, leadership, management, caregiving. And so now being taught different elements of what was shared today at places like Duke, Harvard, Stanford, MIT, the Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic. I've personally shared exercises like what we'll do today with everyone from accountants, financial advisors, physicians, U.S. Marines, and a much, much tougher audience, college students. Been working <laughs> with them for about 12 years, leveraging some of these techniques. It really is something that any of us can use to refine how we communicate, collaborate, how we can refine our creativity and with that help us in business and in life. That's good. Thanks for the background. Now, you want to tell us a little bit about this concept, this term that you use in, in these engagements called yes and. What does that mean and how, how do our listeners apply that? Absolutely. So this yes and mindset, it's really the underpinning of of improvisation, comedy or otherwise. And when folks group events, I'll ask people if they've done improv before. Every once in a while, I'll see one or two hands go up. But in reality, that we all improvise every day. That unless when people wake up in the morning, there's a script next to their bed, that they improvise how they speak, what they do in a given day. Well, research showing that we can refine how we do that and in leading to things like more creativity. For example, picture this, two groups of mechanical engineering students at MIT, they gave one group a one-time improv workshop using some of the same exercises we'll discuss today, the other group, no improv. Afterwards, they had each group separately brainstorm new ideas. The group that had the one-time session came up with 40% more ideas. So I know many of your listeners are business owners, if not for people who are still working, really any creative solutions that we can leverage these skills. But this yes and comes down to, for one, starting with yes. Billy, if you're open to it, if I can put you on the spot, this is a common improv exercise. If I could ask, if you're willing to help me, if I ask you a series of questions, are you willing to just reply with the word yes? Yes. Are you ready to get started? Yes. Do you like my shirt? Yes. Are you willing to help me tell a story? Yes. 
Is that story set in the present day? Yes. Is that story about us and the people listening? Yes. Is it about how we can leverage techniques that might feel a bit uncomfortable and unusual in the moment, but ultimately can benefit us in our communication at work and at home? It is. Yes. yes. Isn't that a great story? <laughs> I'm always improvising here, Ryan. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, Billy, if you'd stick with me for just one more moment, we're going to flip it. This time, if you'd please reply with just the word no. Any questions about that? Nope. Do you really like my shirt? No. Are you willing to help me tell a story? No. And just like that, business ideas die. So the reason this is being taught at business schools, that when we start with yes, and yes is not saying rubber stamping any idea that comes across our desk, that instead it's being open to new ideas. That very often, if you'd agree that entrepreneurs, imagine a conversation, one person says, hey, are you open to this idea? If the other person immediately shuts it down, they say no. That idea can't go any further. So that important idea of starting with yes, where we're at least open to hearing the idea as we're recording this, Google just celebrating its 25th anniversary of being in business. You can imagine the two founders, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, if one said to the other, hey, do you want to revolutionize how the search engine works? And the other says, no, that's it. There's no Google. They weren't the first search engine. Obviously, they're currently the largest. So if we start with yes, the second word and is all about what can we add to the idea to refine it. And so, Billy, if you and I were going back and forth talking about a business idea, if you had the initial idea, I said I was open to discussing it. I added something that could refine it a bit. You were open to discussing that refinement. We go back and forth, and even if ultimately we decide it's not a feasible idea, we get much further down the path in making informed decisions. And so that yes and mindset, that can be applied to business, to communication, creative exercises. And as we share a few exercises, folks will get a sense of that. I like that, Ryan. That applies a lot to business, but I, I could see that applying a lot in people's personal lives, right? This yes and concept. Absolutely. Yeah. You think about communication between couples, or I'm sure many of your listeners, if they have children, grandchildren, that if your young child asks you, mom, dad, can I play with the hot stove? No is always an appropriate answer. But when they bring an idea of something, instead of hey, can I get a new car? Instead of saying no, being open to the discussion, and then if we're sharing, here's how you can use it to help with the family business. How you could use it, you know, I know many of your listeners are farm owners. Hey, if we get you a new truck, here's how you could use that to help the business and get personal use from it. And it allows for more collaboration, that furthering of an idea rather than just saying no. Yeah, I like that. What are what are some like practical applications, whether in business or in personal life, where we can like apply this or our listeners can apply this? Well, it might be helpful for folks to hear an exercise. 
because they might be surprised for this exercise that'll seem intentionally unusual that research shows that our brains operates differently when we're improvising. And to be clear, improvising isn't just making something up out of the blue. A lot of folks hear of improvisation relative to music. If the three of us were hanging out and we were just going to jam like the cool kids do with our instruments, we wouldn't just start playing anything. We'd agree first to the type of music, maybe what key that we'd play things in. And so by having some basic foundation, some agreements between us of how we'll interact, everything else becomes more possible. So you open, Sean, to help me out with a exercise. And Billy, you can chime in too if you're open to it. Yeah, but Sean's way better at this kind of stuff than me. All yeah. right. Well, you can chime in as you'd like. So what I will do this is a common improv exercise, but it's a fun one that challenges your brain and that will explain afterwards how you folks can leverage this. So we're going to have a quick conversation, but the unique thing about how we'll do this is each time one of us speaks, Sean, Billy, myself, that we're going to start with the next consecutive letter of the alphabet. So the first letter of the first word that we say will be that next consecutive letter. So if I were going to begin, I might say, all right, Sean and Billy, are you ready to begin? And then one of them would say something that starts with the letter B. Perhaps begin, I don't understand this well enough. We go back and forth. We'll just do this for a minute. We won't do the whole alphabet, but then we'll explain how you folks listening can leverage this and the benefits of that. So, Sean, Billy, any questions before we do this? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. So the couple of things I'll encourage. One, it's okay to pause for a moment. That sometimes when I do this with the group, the first word that someone will say is um, as they're thinking of that next letter. So if you're trying to say the letter B and you say, um, boy, this is difficult. So try to wait, start with that first letter, and then we'll have as best we can a normal sounding conversation. So instead of just apple, banana, cat, dog, I'll give us a scenario in a moment. We can speak in any order, but the key is you want to listen, add to the conversation again. Yes, we're agreeing conceptually and we're adding something to that. So we'll jump in. Here's our scenario that the three of us just won an all-expense trip anywhere in the world. But we have to decide as a group collectively where we're going to go, what we're going to do. And so here's our discussion. We just found out we won, but we have to choose what that will be. So any one of us can start with a letter A, and then we'll go from there. All right, guys. We are big winners. Where are we going to go on this trip? Big winners. I'm thinking somewhere warm. Maybe Hawaii? Can I ask how much this is going to cost beyond the all-expense-paid trip? Don't be a hater, Billy. We won. It's on them. Don't worry about it. Every time we win something, Billy, you get concerned about that. I really think... This one, it's going to go smooth. It's all expense paid. Forget about what they told us. There's always a catch. <laughs> Every time 
You're worried about the catches, Billy. Just relax. Let's get on the plane. Let's book this thing. All right. So we'll pause here. <laughs> Folks will get the gist of what we're doing. I'm curious to see where we'd wind up. <laughs> but you think about the few things we have to do to practice this exercise. We have to think, and I'm guessing for the folks who are listening that you go, wow, this seems so easy, just that next letter of the alphabet. And yet, as you could hear for Billy, Sean, myself, that it is a bit more difficult. The reason that is, is in an exercise like this, we're taking what they call our fixed or crystallized intelligence, things like the alphabet, and we're really challenging that with what they call our fluid intelligence how we answer questions, how we solve problems. When we do that, it actually strengthens our brain connections, can speed up the connectivity, myelin, a sheath that forms around those, essentially the wiring in our brain can help protect against the plaques that can cause Alzheimer's. And so the encouragement for the listeners for that unusual exercise to practice that. You're on a drive with your significant other or kids. You're looking for something to fun to do for a game night or with your colleagues at work. That what you'll find if you practice that, you actually get better at thinking on your feet. That you get better at while you're in a conversation, essentially opening up mental file drawers, accessing information. And for any type of work that we all do, I know for Billy, Sean, more involved in Things regarding horses. I've ridden a horse once. I wouldn't know half the terms they'd use. But with that, they can think of ways to explain things to me simply in a way that I can understand. So fun, different exercise. You can enjoy it while knowing you're getting some positive benefits relative to how you communicate and think. You know what I liked about that exercise? Because oftentimes, even when I come out of a client meeting or something like that, Billy will say, hey, you said um a lot, or you know, you have these filler words. With that exercise, you're pausing and you're thinking about what you're going to say. And it's okay to pause because you sound more well-spoken when you collect your thoughts, present the idea, and move along with the conversation. So and that I was like one thing add- I noticed add to that is I think this is very important for the younger generation who's coming up who hasn't had as much potentially as much interaction as, as us because everything now is phone-based or digitally based. So the communication skills that you can learn from this are, are tremendous. Absolutely. Just thinking before you speak, pausing for a moment, And to your point, Billy, giving people a fun way to interact and practice something that will benefit them, but doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was younger, my grandfather used to do a crossword puzzle every morning. I mean, he had his book sitting there. He had a couple of dictionaries and this was like a ritual for him. And it was, I was fascinated by that. I remember watching him do that every morning, eating his breakfast and just silently work on his crossword puzzle. And later in life, I understood what he was doing there is he was keeping his brain active. You know, he was a farmer and he didn't have a lot of interactions going on socially, but he was working on thinking. And that's one thing I always remember people would encourage for the, especially the older generation to 
to keep their minds working. And at back then, they said that was going to help defer or deter, I should say, Alzheimer's and, and mental health issues, cognitive decline. And you're saying this is kind of the new age way to do it, and you don't have to wait for the crossword puzzle to show up every day. Absolutely. Yeah, that what they find, I'm sure your listeners have heard of what are called neural networks. For all the talk of AI and things like that today, that a phrase by the person who came up with that concept, a guy named Donald Hebb, the neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm. Very simply, if we challenge our brain in new ways, that it does create new connections, strengthens our abilities, and to your point, can help lessen that risk of cognitive decline. Research shows that doing exercises like this, learning applied improvisation can help reduce things like anxiety, that because our brain processes Ultimately, we get more comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think if we'd agree these days, being able to adapt, to be more flexible relative to, if it is investments, the how the world works in general, we'll leave it there. Having that flexibility helps. These exercises can work towards that. I would imagine these folks and politicians i shouldn't even get into this but they probably do this kind of work a lot in preparing there's a debate coming up tonight as a matter of fact we're recording this today uh september 27th this is the debates coming up tonight but i would imagine those folks do this a lot to be able to think on their feet and answer questions and and take the arrows being thrown at them from all the the other people on stage yeah so if that Last exercise helped us to access information in our brain. Again, that fixed versus fluid intelligence. The challenge, if everyone would agree that being a fountain of knowledge is a good thing, but as one expert put it, being a fire hose of knowledge, not a good thing. So to your point, things like debate prep, how do you make sure for all the information that you know that you explain things in a simple way that's straightforward? So, Billy, Sean, you can decide if you want to participate this or we can just talk about it. But a fun improv exercise that folks can practice is based on the story if people remember Rip Van Winkle, the fictional tale, someone who fell asleep, woke up 20 years later to find the world that has changed. You can ponder this. So imagine that, Billy, when you went to bed last night, it was the year 1923 a hundred years ago. So you're just waking up. The world, of course, seems different. And Sean, imagine that you had to explain to Billy what a smartphone is, but you can't show or use your smartphone. So Sean, what things might you want to share with Billy? And Billy, what questions might you have as someone from a hundred years ago seeing or hearing about this for the first time <laughs> this is I, funny because it brings me to this nick gatz gatzy the comedian who's who has this exact line and he said you know if, if i was put out into the future a hundred years i don't think i could explain what's going on today <laughs> i mean i wouldn't know how to tell them they would it, it would i would be able to give us no improvement whatsoever in quality of life so in going back to, back in time from what he had today um yeah. that would be a fun one i i don't even know how to answer that sean do you have a better i would just response? wake you up and i'd say billy you got to get up i got to show you something 
Well, I can't show him, right? Well, let me tell you something. We have the ability to take a device and we can call basically anybody in the world and communicate with them in live lifetime. And all you do is punch in the numbers and everyone has a number assigned to their device and you can connect with them. You can talk with them whenever you'd like, as long as they answer, I guess I can't do that, answer their device. Uh (laughs) It would be hard. (laughs) And that's just it. So when we do this in group events, that very often, and I'll pick on us guys, that guys are more likely in a conversation explaining the smartphone to someone from 100 years ago, getting into things like Wi-Fi, satellite, internet, which, Sean, you did not do. Mm-hmm. You really got to the benefit of it. You can speak to anyone around the world. Folks often will try to liken it to something that people already know. So you think about someone from 100 years ago, the phone had been invented, so we could start there They know what a library is for information, a picture book. And so the exercise is really all about how can we find someone's baseline of knowledge and build up from there? And I think for both of you in explaining if it's investment concepts to people who they've done a decent job saving and investing, but their focus is on their business, their farm, you name it, that you translating things into a way that they understand simplifying that as best you can can be very helpful in them understanding and retaining that. All right. It It is a conversation we have around here a lot. And I remember starting out in my career and young guy didn't have a whole lot of knowledge in this, but I had enough to get started. Obviously I've gone from being a, a successful jockey to now becoming a financial advisor. And so the transition was not easy and calling people and talking to people was always intimidating, especially for someone who I knew had a lot of money or was very successful in their business. And I always approached it back in those days as I was not as smart as they were. I didn't know what they knew. Obviously, they were very successful. And as time went on, I started to understand that I needed to just ask the very, the bare, the very basic questions from the financial end, and I began to learn that I knew a lot more about this stuff than I gave myself credit for. For one, and for two, I knew a heck of a lot more than most of them did. And so, you know, I try to tell people in in their line of work now, um, don't just assume that you don't have information that can be helpful to those around you ask some questions, get to know them. And then that, that can set the stage for a lot of things that can, can help you advance wherever you're at in your career. Absolutely. Yeah. Great insight. Excuse me. We're almost in the home stretch for the episode, but before we cross the finish line, I just want you to know that you can contact Billy and his team at www.petersonws.com or by visiting the show notes. Now back to harnessing your wealth. I wanted to just also fill in on that. What, why, you know, the neurons that fire together, wire together. I've heard that term a number of times, but I don't know. Have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Dr. Joe Dispenza? I have heard the name. I'm trying to think what the connection is. Like you, we just the where I'd heard that, but please go ahead. He, sorry, just to quickly share with the listeners, he's a, he's kind of a, new age physician who talks a lot about the mind body connection and how things can be, how diseases can be healed, how 
different thoughts can can create a new reality for people. So I just, for those of you who are interested in following up on that conversation, I would highly recommend uh, looking up Dr. Joe Dispenza and reading some of his material. He has workshops all over the world and millions and millions of followers and people that have, and there's tons and tons of testimonials and videos, people that have healed from all kinds of chronic conditions and stage four cancers. I mean, all, all kinds of things that you would be amazed of just how our thoughts alone can create a new reality. And um, I think this is cutting edge stuff that I'm very fascinated with. And I just thought I'd share that. Yeah. Hey, we, may, Billy, maybe you're going to jump into this a little bit, but I'm, I'm listening to our conversation. We're talking a lot about communicating towards someone and explaining things, but what about listening? How does this work? How does improv work with listening? Absolutely. So it's a great point. And an essential part, you think about people performing improv, having to listen to each other, know when and how to add to what they're doing, but where this is being used in things like negotiation, in caregiving and better understanding loved ones living with Alzheimer's and dementia, that the reality that most of us aren't always focused as we're listening you won't be surprised to hear research from Harvard that indicates that we spend up to 47% of our waking hours thinking of something other than what we're doing. We're often distracted regardless of our role, what we do for work. And so for us to be more intentional about listening can be very useful. Sean, Billy, if you're up for one more quick exercise, this is one that people has told us helped with their career and at home. Let's do sure. it. Now for that, all right. So this is going to seem to the listeners like our prior alphabet exercise. There's a very important difference. In this case, one of us will start speaking. The other people will listen until the end of what that person says. Then they'll take the last letter of the last word that person says, make it the first letter of the first word they say. It sounds complicated you'll get the gist quickly. So if I were to say, all right, Sean, am I explaining that clearly? That ends in a Y. So Sean would say anything in the world that starts with the word Y, such as? Yes, you are. So he said, yes, you are. That ends in an E. I would start with an E. Excellent. Then we can get Billy involved in just one moment. That ends in a T. So Sean would start with a T. That sounds great to me. I'd love to hear Billy's thoughts. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so here's our scenario. We'll do this for just a minute, and then we'll explain to people how this can help with their relationships, both personal and professional. So the situation, Billy's on his horse. Sean and I are standing next to him, and uh, Billy inadvertently walks the horse onto our feet. So we don't need medical attention, but it was uncomfortable. Uh, so... Sean and myself, we just had our feet stepped on by Billy. How much, Billy, does your largest horse weigh? Uh, it, so you want me to just answer this straight up? I would say probably 1,200. And then 1200. we'll get into the exercise. <laughs> okay, probably 1,200 pounds. Wow. Okay, so that would hurt. All right, so here we go. Sean and I just had our feet stepped on by Billy's 1,200-pound horse. How? That really hurt. That is definitely going to lead to a lawsuit, Billy. 
You guys should have not been standing there. Every time it's our fault somehow. Will you just be a little more careful next time where you're going, Billy? All right, so we'll pause there. <laughs> so get the sense of how that works. I didn't know I was going to be working so hard today, Ryan. <laughs> okay, this is it's Wednesday. This now. is hump day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, folks, here's how you can use this immediately at work, at home. So, if you're speaking with someone and it just happens to be that the last letter of the last word they say is the first letter of the first word you say, would they figure that out? Probably not. But what if they did? Imagine if someone, you think about the two things we have to do to do this exercise. If they say, for one, Ryan, have you been listening to the end of everything that I say? And then what do we have to do to be able to respond? We have to think. So imagine that. Sean catches me. Ryan, have you been listening to the end of everything that I say and then thinking before you respond? How dare you? Of course, yeah. that would never happen. But <laughs> folks, why and how to use this? Right. That imagine you were up last night with a sick child. You got two hours of sleep. Now you're at work trying to focus. This exercise helps. If you have someone in your life, as I do, who you're tempted to cut off, that when they're speaking, you have a sense where they're going, that temptation to cut them off. If you use this exercise, you won't do that. If you ever find yourself pre-planning your response, someone's midway through what they're saying and you're already focused on what you're going to say, you can't do that if you do this exercise. Last, if you're ever in a conversation that starts to get heated, a bit of an argument, all of a sudden, if you use this exercise, you're putting in a buffer. You're not gonna say something off the cuff because in part, you need to think just a little bit more to be able to respond. We've had people have said this has helped their business, that the people they interact with now say they just feel more heard and in personal relationships. We have one person who credits using this exercise to getting married, that his now wife said he was so much better of a listener. So something to consider, many uses for it. It also happens to be fun. So hopefully folks find that useful. Wow. I think we'll share this with our wives later, Ryan. <laughs> this is fantastic stuff. I love that exercise. Thanks for letting us do that. So yeah, let's kind of tie everything together here and, and wrap this conversation up. So the listeners can take away from this, what hopefully what we intended. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about this and, and where we're going to go as we go about our day and this growth mindset that you talk about and how it all ties together to bringing back to what we do for our, our clients and our listeners from our business standpoint. You bet. Yeah. So this idea of yes and that if we start interactions as best we can, being open-minded to what other folks share with us, adding something and trying to build to move ideas forward, that there's many more business opportunities, better relationships. Billy, you mentioned this idea of a growth mindset, very related concept. Folks might be familiar with the terrific book, Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, all about 
how can we learn to fail better? How can we be less worried about more uh, making a mistake and more focused on opportunity and how we can grow and learn? And so as you can see, that growth mindset and the yes and mindset very much tied at the hip, things that I think folks could learn to use together, but it's really being more aware and intentional about that. And then relative to communication, that's so important in how we interact at work, at home, some of these exercises helping us to think better on our feet, to explain things more simply, to be a better listener, that helps in everything that we do. So hopefully folks found those few exercises useful, and there's certainly plenty more resources out there where if you want to learn more about it, some of the brain health aspects, certainly we can point you in that direction. Those are great thoughts. And Ryan, just so for the ones, the listeners who want some science-based reason to do this, are there any studies that show this actually improves or maybe uh, alleviates onset of cognitive decline? It shows. So there are many. If folks just put in the word research and then applied improvisation in Google celebrating its 25th anniversary, that you will find there are studies about everything from how it helps our brain lessen fear, lessen apprehension, that people who over time, if folks are familiar with their amygdala, you've heard this, this part of the brain that processes fear, that folks who do these types of exercise over time, that amygdala actually shrinks in size. So the ability for us to be more present in conversations, less fearful, less anxious for all the things going on, that if we can be more flexible, more adaptive, all of that can help us. So absolutely, research relative to what happens to our brains, how it helps with communication, how it helps us to just feel more present and alert, all things that benefit our brain health and our interactions with others. Love that. We're big on being present. Present moment, avoiding all the futures and what ifs and taking yesterday and putting it out to tomorrow and reliving the past. We're really, really big on that. We advocate to all of our clients. Not only does it help you from a financial standpoint, but from a mental health standpoint, just your quality of life. So if you take anything away from that, listeners, just remember, these are big, big keys. Be present, learn to function, learn to have some of these skills. And I do it several times a week. How often do you think this is this is a good idea to, to work on, Ryan? I think picking one thing and practicing it, starting there. So if our listeners could fill in uh, the, a mental blank, practice makes, and I'm going to guess that many people are going to think practice makes perfect. And the reality, our communication is never perfect. My suggestion, practice makes permanent. Practice makes permanent. The things that we do over and over, those become permanent. And the more we can replace skills that don't help us as much, always being fearful, always being worried, being closed off to new ideas versus practicing being more open to at least discussing those ideas. Again, Billy, to your point, folks will be more present, have more opportunities. I think that's something that over time folks will get some muscle memory with, it becomes part of what they do every day. Fantastic. Great points. I mean, I, I can see this applying 
when I think about clients, Billy, you know, sometimes you have a client that's that's aging and maybe needs help from from son or daughter, and they may not be open to that or not ready for that. And maybe the son and daughter is having a hard time explaining why they feel like they need to help mom or dad out. And I I can just see that in our business really helping out and you know clearing up that situation because it is a difficult thing. We deal with it every day here in the office. And you know, taking some of these things that Ryan has shared with us and applying it to your own life, I think will really open up some horizons for everybody. I really, I really like this, Ryan. So I know this is a little different conversation today, folks out there. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. Ryan, we appreciate you being here, being willing to give our listeners some of this great feedback. Really my pleasure. Thank you both for the opportunity. And I'll keep listening. I'm a fan of the podcast as well. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Go Red Sox. (laughs) Thanks for listening to us today, everyone. We're grateful that you take time out of your day to listen to what's going on. We like to bring you a diverse group of speakers and topics. And hopefully that a lot of these will resonate with you, how you can apply some of this to your daily life and improve who you are. And until next time, share our podcast with your friends and family members. Reach out if you have any questions or comments, and we will look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Harnessing Your Wealth with Billy Peterson. Before we declare the race official, please click the follow button so you can be notified when new episodes become available. For more information about today's show, please check out the show notes visit our website at www.petersonws.com or give us a call at 801-475-4002. Once again, thank you for listening. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Peterson Wealth Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.